Hello, my name is Tracy Rogers and this is On The Couch, a weekly mental health series where we look at a range of issues that we're dealing with as men and women in Trinidad and Tobago. Today I have with me Dr. Crystal Jane Varasami. Hi. Hello. And we are going to be talking about self-harm today mm -hmm. and particularly self-harm with girls. So one of the things that we have been seeing in our practice and when I talk to my colleagues, clinicians in other areas as well, they have also been talking about the alarming rates we have of self-harm. Yeah. And it's not just showing up in adults, but it's also showing up in adolescents, not only in girls, but also and with boys. boys. Yeah. Um, but so today we want to talk generally on self help on um, self harm, and then we want to hone in a little bit about self harm with adolescent girls in particular. Mm -hmm. um, and we have been observing anecdotally mm -hmm. that though that is a subpopulation that's showing up a lot with these self harming behaviors. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about self harm, we talk about inflicting, cutting, um, hurting yourself. Yeah. Um, and we know that this is coming up a lot. So let's start with that. Anything that you want to add to that definition? Yeah. So I mean, there are lots of different ways in which self-harm could be defined. But usually self-harm is defined in terms of a, a person, a young person, hating themselves without the intention of wanting to die. Yes. Which is extremely important, that latter part. Yes. In the sense that it's important to know that if your young person is self-harming, does not necessarily mean that they want to die. It doesn't mean to say that they're doing a suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why do people, from your experience, why do people engage in self-harm? Yeah. So, I mean, I've worked with a lot of young people who have self-harm. And one of the things that they say, I know even though it may be strange for us, is one of the things that they say is that they generally feel better. Or they, it gives them a sense of relief of their pain that they're, that they're experiencing. And if you think of it, to some degree they're right in the sense that um, when a person self-harm, the body reduces, so self-harming is cutting, burning the skin, anything that's self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. And when a person self-harms, what is happening um, from a biological point of view is that the body is releasing natural painkillers, which are called endorphins. Mm -hmm. And these endorphins gives the body relief because it helps heal the wound itself. So therefore, um, it does give them temporary relief, but it is short-term, so it yeah. reduces the physical and emotional pain, but again, it is short-term. One of the things I've also come across as well is that self-harm, a lot of clients use self-harm as a means of control, because yeah. things are so crazy, mm -hmm. um, people are doing things, I can't control that, but right now, I can take this object and hurt myself. Yeah. And I feel as though I could control things for a little while. And again, it might seem really strange, but it makes a lot of sense to the person who's doing yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. It gives them that sense of control, like you said. Um, and if you think of it, when a person is a self-harm, the average person wouldn't just self-harm. Um, so it means that the body is in this intense emotional state, it's called yeah. hyperarousal. And by self-harming, it gives them that control. They can have control of those emotions because they're self-soothing their body. It's yeah. not the most helpful or adaptive way mm -hmm. of coping, but it does help them cope at that time. It gives them that control that they have control of this situation, especially when they don't have control of other factors in their life. So let's talk a little bit about how to cope with self-harm. And mm -hmm. I want us to talk about it if I'm someone who's self-harming, mm -hmm. what can I do? And then I also want to talk about if you know someone who's 
self-harming how can you help so if i am self-harming what are some of the things that i can do to start to cope and stop this cycle yeah. so again even though it's quite a very simple thing one of the first things i always say is about being able to talk to someone but it's also about being able to find someone that you trust and you feel safe with um, that you can talk to that person and it may, it may not necessarily be a parent or a guardian in the sense that they may not understand, but there are other people in the sense that you may tell a friend and that friend would be able to tell their parent or someone else. Or you may be able to tell your guidance counsellor. I think especially for young people in schools, sometimes by speaking to their guidance counsellor that gives them further support. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes just speaking it because I know uh, there's a lot of shame around self-harm. Yeah. So people usually when they self-harm they do it in secret mm -hmm. um, and there's shame and they're, they're fearful that if I tell somebody that person will judge me. Yeah. And we know shame cannot survive being seen. Mm -hmm. So if you find that trusting person that you can say this to, sometimes just saying it. Mm -hmm is a very powerful position. Of it course. helps you to break the secret mm -hmm. and then it's the first step towards getting help. Yeah, most definitely just that process of talking about it. And again, having someone safe enough that you can confine this information in and that itself is therapeutic for the person. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you are somebody who somebody who someone confides in, mm -hmm. you can really help this person by staying out of judgment. Yes. Yeah, okay. you don't want to get quickly into what, why are you doing this, what's wrong with you, to just hear this person, this person is trusting you to say, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Part of me knows it makes no sense, but I'm doing it. Yeah. The best thing you can do is say, thanks so much for trusting me with that information. Of course, yeah. Do you want to stop? How can I help? Yeah. yeah. And again, what else? If, if somebody is confiding in you, one of the things that we want to do is stay calm. You want to stay calm. You want to stay mindful and open to what this person is sharing with you. And again, like what you said, non-judgmental, not judging the person for what they're saying. And also not taking it personally in mm -hmm. the sense of it's not about you, not taking it personally that this is about you, but it's about the young person who's sharing this information with you. Sometimes this is really hard for parents. Yes, it is. Like, how can I make sense of the fact that my child is self-harming and it's not about something yeah. that I'm doing? Yeah. It's not about a deficiency. Or we go into, but you have no reason to have to do that. Mm -hmm. So really not making it about you and understanding this is an issue. Yeah. We know that self-harm also takes a long, it's a cycle. Mm -hmm. And it takes a long time to break that cycle. And sometimes there's that intense pain, there's the cutting, there's a the relief, and then there's a the regret, mm -hmm. and then the shame. Yes. And so if you're someone who's self-harming, to just be mindful that it is a cycle. Yeah. To be gentle with yourself. Yeah, being compassionate with yourself. Yeah. Um, another thing that I do with young people when I work with them is distraction in the sense that if someone is self-harming, I always use the five minute rule, in the sense that give yourself five minutes by distracting yourself. So either taking like a hot shower or cold shower or um, using ice or talking to a friend, listening to music, something self-soothing, but something that stimulates your sensations. Again, that helps you focus on something else, more about your body and sensations rather than the urge of wanting to cut. And chances are, after five minutes, they're not going to have that urge or impulse to cut. Or so it's building up. that tolerance to push through this yes. moment, yeah. which feels like the, this moment feels like all there is. Yeah. Um, to push through, push yeah. past that. Definitely distress tolerance, being able to tolerate the distress and for a longer period of time. So you start off with five minutes and then yeah. you extend it a bit more. 
Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like we've had this very packed session where we've talked about various ways in which you can deal with self-harm if you engage in self-harm and how to hear and hold someone who is also engaging in self-harm. Yeah. And it's really important that you reach out to a mental health professional if you're dealing with this. Oftentimes people need additional help to do that. Definitely. And sooner is better than later. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me, Crystal Thank you Jane. for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for today's video. And we hope that you share the information you've learned today about self-harm. And we encourage you to continue to live a healthy life.